Oasis on KCSM.org. And uh, let's bring our mics up here and get everybody on. So, Kathy. Hello. We're, we're pulling out pictures and we're already going here. You know, oh. this is radio, so I do have to give everybody at least a little bit of an idea of uh, what's going on. But uh, why don't you go on ahead and introduce our guest well, tonight? Well, we, we, we have on the show tonight uh, J- James Bryant Jr., and we want to welcome welcome him to the show. Welcome. I appreciate being here immensely. Thank you for having me. And I'll tell you what, we always start the uh, first segment of our show with a little bit of family history. And I have to tell you, you're like my favorite because you have shown up here with a family tree. Yes. This 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 is just fantastic. So tell me a little bit about, about uh, this tree and give us a little bit of information. That's part of our family tree. And this appertains to my lovely wife of 40 seven years. Uh, Her aunt in Oakland, California, for some reason they were in a conversation and she uh, apprised Aunt Bert of the fact, Aunt Bert, uh, I'm married. I I, I just got married. Really, child? You just got married? Who did you marry? Uh, I married a guy from Elgin, Texas, and he has relatives in Blanco, Texas. Oh, really? And there was a hesitancy in her voice. And she said, uh, what, what are the name of the relatives in uh, Blanco, Texas? And uh, I replied, uh, uh, I was listening on the other phone, and she's, I said, well, there are coffees. She screamed, and she said, uh, Child, you've married your cousin, so we can go back on there and find exactly where our families, uh, how shall I say, the, a confluence happened. And uh, this uh, family tree came from the historian of the, of the family. She, uh, we went to, she did, to a family reunion in uh, San Diego, California, and this historian for years has kept up with uh, the, the genealogy the family tree. And uh, I always tease her about the uh, many Comanche horse thieves that you will see in there. And uh, it goes right back up to where uh, my cousin married one of her cousins, and there we are. But you know, that that uh, was quite common where we would have <clears throat> relatives married into in, into the family, so yeah, I, mm-hmm. it's not not anything. Uh, it was in, yeah. in, 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 just it just <clears throat> happened, you know. It just it, it was just something that uh, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't how shall we say, commish like some other uh, ethnicities. Mm-hmm. It was common and it was accepted, but uh, when you mention the family tree, I. Uh, mm-hmm. That that that's you, you're looking at. And then you mentioned coffee. So there was a real famous rodeo clown. Yes. Are, is he part? Yes, that's that's my cousin. Le- Leon. <laughs> Leon. Yeah. I think everybody knows who Leon okay. Coffee is. Well, that's, yeah. That's, the, that's off the family tree. I've been to lots of rodeos where he he's been out there um, uh-huh. pr- protecting the wow, the, the cowboys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, always always in San Antonio or in Austin. Okay. Well, uh, uh, being from <laughs> Elgin, uh, they uh, always refer to us as being. Uh, they're city-fied uh, cousins, but we punched cows for uh, a descendant of the Alamo, Ray Arbuckle, and uh, on his ranch, we learned how to ride and shoot the whole nine yards. So we prided ourselves of 
shooting horse flies off of their limestone fences up there. <laughs> they, they didn't brag about it too much. They didn't want anybody to know about it, but that, that's, that's my family. So um, do you know what year your family came to Elgin? My family came to Bastrop County, that side of the family, in 1876. My uh, great-great-grandfather uh, was a Chippewa native-born American from Wisconsin. He was sold into slavery into a, a family in Tennessee. And uh, that happened because he was a large man, as my grandmother related to me, and the sheriff told him that uh, if you ever got in a fight, you were never to hit anyone again with your fist. Well, he did. and. He was sold into slavery, and uh, they, uh, he married a slave woman there. Uh, they had 13 children after the Civil War. Those, they left Tennessee, came to Texas. Two of the 13 children died along the way, and they settled on the Colorado River. And that was because, being a Chippewa native-born American, uh, the Great Lakes was everything to them. When you look at, yeah. uh, you know, at the Jibwa, mm -hmm. essentially that's what they're called in Canada, uh, they, you know, grew wild rice, uh, onions, the whole bit, but it, everything was uh, about the Great Lakes. And with my scout troop, that was one of the things I wanted to impart to them that, you know, all native-born Americans didn't ride horses and that type of thing. He didn't know one end of the forest from up. So they came, uh, well, that was really before uh, 1876, but they left there. That's when really the, the family started because of the flood of 1876. The, the Highland Lakes and all of that area uh, had some horrendous floods. And uh, my great-grandfather got tired of it, and they moved into the township of Elgin, Texas at that time. And um, how long did it take before they, uh, you read a lot of stories about um, people at that time after slavery, how quick a lot of the, the people that had been slave, slaves got on their feet and started to purchase properties? I, I'm, I'm really enjoying being with you because the, uh, the, the gentleman that gave my great-grandfather a job was a mulatto, uh, he, he was a Westbrook. Mm -hmm. He was already established. They had a huge farm. Uh, they had cows that they shipped milk by buckboard to Houston, Texas. And uh, he gave my great uh, grandfather uh, a job. So uh, one, uh, members of that family, after slavery, uh, and I think it was profiled in Esquire magazine, one of the national magazines, once a plantation owner told them, if you clear my land, I'll give you some of it. Well, he reneged mm -hmm. on that promise, and they took all of his cows and went across the Mississippi River and that side of the family somewhere over, but that was always in their culture. In addition, when he died, the, uh, his white brothers and sisters were very upset because the black members of the family uh, did not notify them of his death. And they would play on the, you know, the, the plantation house on the front porch and whatever. 
that was our our my brother you know you all just told us about but see that's one of the things that we incur in the history of black people in this in 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 our country there are some members that will adopt the, the slave master's name and in courts of law you can have probate you can have the line of succession establish heirship and whatever but other members of the family said you know hell no i don't want any part of this i'm out of here and whatever but uh everything about that particular black family in bastrop uh county texas are my uh church that I grew up in, Mount Moraw Baptist Church, uh, this gentleman gave land for the church to be built on. So uh, definitely it's documented, all of that's right there. Yeah, I, 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 Linda Hobson uh, comes from over in that area and I, I see um, her her sisters were, were educated mm -hmm. and um, it seems like a lot of people that come from up in that area that have had a little bit of uh, luck and work hard and have mm -hmm. land were able to send their kids off and to, oh. to become educated oh. and mm -hmm. I think you, you saw that a lot more over there than you did here in San Marcos. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well that was something uh, uh, Mr. Haywood, I had a, uh, uh, a girlfriend at that time and uh, 62 Pontiac and I burned a lot of gasoline going down Highway 95 <laughs> and he cornered me one day and he said son let me tell you I see what you're doing with that young lady down there but you're going to college and guess what if you don't go to college your daddy's going to kill you and guess what Uncle Roy is going to help him so I stayed in college 12 months a year. The only thing I knew how to do was bail hay or whatever. When I got an inside job washing glassware and they throw, they don't wash glassware anymore. They throw it away now. But uh, uh, I stayed in college until I got my 12 months a year, until I got my master's degree. And, and what was uh, growing up in Elgin like? Uh, uh, you know, we, we hear uh, in a lot of other places where the relations were really bad amongst uh, you know, uh, the Anglos and the Hispanics and and uh, the black people. What was it like growing up in, in Elgin? Was were there was it was there that type of uh, animosity amongst the a resounding yeah. no? Uh, we played together, went to separate churches. Uh, when I say play together, that was you know we had separate institutions. Uh, Yes, I, in, in later years, I guess you can say only that we learned uh, that we were poor, missing something. But the our elders imparted to us that you will go to college, uh, you will be of sound moral character, you will respect author authority, and there was no equivocation about that. And. Uh, when I think of, I'm on a, some law enforcement, the Chief's Advisory Committee here, and also a graduate of the Sheriff's Academy, the Citizens uh, Academy there. Uh, it was, if, if the Bryant brothers received a, a ticket of some kind, the uh, Justice of the Peace knew to come to us first. We had a paper out, or we were digging ditches of bail, bailing hay. Uh, 
uh, James and Barry, you can come and take care of this. I'm not going to tell you, Daddy, because we knew it would be a fate worse than death. It was the type of thing now. So when I look at uh, now and you see uh, what is in common parlance of my baby mama, uh, all of this, that was my culture at that time was totally bereft of that. Uh, when I look at Herschel Walker running for United States Senator and my best friend in high school, John Hill Westbrook, ran for uh, Lieutenant Governor of the state of Texas. He was an ordained Baptist minister. Uh, he integrated the Southwest Conference. Uh, sound moral character and when I see uh, Herschel Walker's resume, I just uh, literally want to vomit. So it was, it's, a, it's a different time and place. And that's immensely hard for me to accept but that is what is involved now. Well, we... Let's take a break. Okay. And uh, it's time for a quick break here on Riasis, uh here on a Sunday night. This is the 25th of June, 2023. And just as a reminder that uh, we're going to be uh, taking a break from Riasis uh, here over the next two weeks, and we'll be on back after we uh, do the oh upgrades here in the studio. So, uh, but in the meantime, we're going to be back with you here in just a minute. Uh, we got some public service announcements for you. A public charter school operated by the Boys and Girls Club of South Central Texas is enrolling for the 2023-2024 school year, beginning on June 19th. The school opened their enrollment to the Greater San Marcos area and will continue to offer open enrollment for as long as there are spaces available. At TPS, our mission is to enable all young people, especially those who need us the most, to reach their full potential as productive, caring, responsible citizens. We reach this mission by focusing on the individual child and meeting them exactly where they are. For grades kindergarten through sixth, TPS is a free public charter school offering programs that include STEM, music, and sports. A tuition-based pre-kindergarten program is offered for students aged 3 to 5. To enroll your child or learn more, go to texasprep.us or call 512-805-3000. Anybody out there interested in chess? Join us at the San Marcos Local Chess Club. We get together every Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the San Marcos Public Library. All levels are welcomed. Everybody is welcomed. All ages are welcomed. It's a really chilled environment just to enjoy and play some chess all together. Please join La Sociedad Mutualista Cuauhtémoc on Saturday, July 1st, as we celebrate our 81-year anniversary with a reception from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. to be followed by a dance from 8 p.m. to midnight. Music will be provided by DJ Cowboy Loco, and live music will be provided by La Distancia. Admission is $10 at the door. Cuauhtémoc Hall is located at 1100 Patton Street. For more information, please call or text 512-775-9002 or email us at 
sociedadcuauhtemoc at gmail.com. And we're back with you here in the studio, Kathy. So I wanted to, to talk a little bit about you, uh, to you about what you mentioned about um, this ethic, uh, ethics that uh, people like yourself and even like myself we grew up with, how um, you're taught, you know, uh, behave, don't talk back, respect, mm-hmm. uh, get an education. Uh, and we see today a lot of that lacking in a lot of our uh, mm-hmm. our younger students. And I don't know if it's the, the society, the way society is changing. Uh, do we have a lack of our, our parents telling our children um, these are the, the the rules that we should follow in society because it seems like even in politics now you you mentioned that at one time you were expected to have um, you know a clean a clean political slate but now Timmy it seems like the dirtier you are the 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 easier you get elected to a public office. I had a, a profound trepidation of coming here and you've made it. You, you're the one that I should be interviewing because I think you're correct in all the things you've just said. The uh, uh, children had fathers in those days. Uh, my, and I, it's, it's not uh, an element of bravado here, but that's just the way things were. Uh, you married and you supported the family, and uh, my late father worked for the Elgin National Bank 57 years. So every Saturday morning, no, I'm sorry, Sunday morning, we played football on Saturday and would go to the bank on Sunday to clean up the bank and there would be coins uh, in the teller's cages. And when we'd find one, Dad would say, put that up there, put that up there, that's not your money. So now I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. And that little bald head guy for 57 years, he knew the combination to the, the bank. Uh, he had uh, an extensive numismatic uh, collection, coin collection. And uh, even I went over, there was a Federal Reserve Bank that they, he would go over to Austin and they put two and a half million dollars of money in the trunk of his car and drive him back over to Elgin. And this was before uh, the two and a half million dollars, it would be more than, you know, the armored car or whatever. And uh, that's that's a small town mystique that I so much value. And I see in myself right now that even my children or no children now are going to have. So it was church, Boy Scouts of America, Girl Scouts of America. Totals. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a scout master. Was here and I had nine Eagle Scouts. Wow. Um, so uh, you've grown up. You've decided you're going to go to college. You go go to college. Tell me a little bit about your your college experience, and then tell me how you ended up here in this lovely city of San Marcos. Well, uh, graduated. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, valedictorian, Washington High School, Elgin. Attended Purvia A&M University, majored in uh, pre-medical biology and chemistry. I had an unsuccessful matriculation in med school. Uh, and my uh, mother was always on me of, well, you can do this, you can do that. And 
So really to get out of the house, I said, why not? I'm going to go over here to Southwest Texas State and get a teacher certificate in high school biology and chemistry. That's what I did. And that was just, if, if it had had been a Laurie University, 20 miles down the road, I would have been in there. But that's, that's the way I ended up here in San Marcos. So uh, I received my teacher certificate, and uh, this master public administration opened up. So I uh, matriculated this program. But I received a master's of public administration and with minors in law enforcement sociology, and that was the first master's degree converted in the program. <coughs> Uh, I did my student teaching here, and I said, nah, not, uh, I, don't, I don't think I want to teach. But I did get the certification, lifetime certificate, and uh, how shall I say, the, that's, uh, that, that's my, my education. And so what year did you come to Texas State here? I came, uh, I took a chem course here in 68, came back. Uh, then got a teacher certificate uh, in 72, and I think I received my master's in 76. And I might say uh, I missed the science aspect, the chemistry and whatever. So I pursued concurrently, simultaneously, a degree in nursing at San Antonio Community College and my master's here, I completed both of them. I did not miss one single day. And what was your experience like here as a university student here at Texas State? Not good. Uh, I, the, uh, I didn't enjoy my matriculation here, and I know now it was because of racism. Uh, various conventions I was not told about. I, but luckily I had a car, so I would find out and then I would drive there and I'd be sitting in the chair and my graduate class would walk in. They wouldn't tell me about <laughs> the conventions or what was coming on or whatever. Uh, I learned to work at an early age and uh, financial help. Uh, I didn't even apply. And I doubt I would have received any, but I worked uh, uh, so you basically paid your way through college. You believe it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so right around that time, in that in the sixties to the seventies, the the uh, Vietnam War was uh, was was going on. And so did you uh, you did you ever get called up in the draft, or because you're going to school, did you not get called up? Or because I went to school, I had a deferment. A deferment. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And then, um, well, when I was talking to you, you mentioned that you were a merchant marine. Yes. yes. And um, I, I have, you know, my father was in the Navy, and he used to tell mm -hmm. me stories about, you know, he was in the Navy in the 50s, but the, the gentlemen that he met, which were a little bit older, that were the mm -hmm. merchant marines, you know, probably during the late mm -hmm. 40s. And he always said that he had a tremendous amount of, of respect for the merchant for the right. for the merchant marines because he said that a lot of the conditions for them were not as good as for the uh, the mariners in the United States Navy that the conditions sometimes were, were not so well and um, they uh, you know were in places that were not considered uh, friendly for 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 United States. Um, 
civilians. Mm -hmm. uh, and he also talked about um, uh, contraband, you know, that yes. these guys used to talk about, the things that they used to bring in, the things that they used to see. So tell me a little bit about how you ended up in the Merchant Marines and what that experience was like for you. Uh, all my life I've been gainfully employed. The only time that I've had one job, one full-time job, is when I worked for the Travis County Sheriff's Department. My son-in-law called me one evening, Mr. Bryant, I have a job for you. I said, oh, really? Uh, I hadn't seen the grandkids in uh, about a month. So uh, I took my credentials down to the Woodlands. That's where they uh, live. So. Uh, he took me by a union hall, and in Texas, you know, we can we can't even spell union. So uh, I go to the union hall, and uh, let's see, Mr. Baker, H. Uh, w. Bush, they had won the contract for these quote special mission ships, but they didn't have people to crew them. So. Uh, they were in need of a medical department representative. And my uh, chief engineer son, uh, his father retired as a chief engineer, and my son-in-law was the chief engineer, United States Merchant Marine. So uh, we approached the dais, and he says, points uh, to me, and he said, uh, uh, my father-in-law can do this job. And they said, oh, really? So I had my credentials with me, and you know I put them up there, and then we went on back to the woodlands. That's about 20 miles away from where Union Hall was. As we stepped out of the car, my wonderful daughter came out, and she said, uh, "Take." They said, "Take him, bring him back down to the Union Hall. There will be a letter there waiting on." So I go back down, the, and there was this letter. I, I, need, I didn't. I didn't even read the letter. Long story short, I went by the uh, immigration naturalization. I had a passport cut in 19 minutes. I left there and went to the United States Coast Guard Station. I had Merchant Mariner documents in 22 minutes. And uh, in less than 30 hours, I was on a naval ship in Hawaii uh, on one of these special mission ships. I had just started on a maintenance medication, and I called uh, old Mitch Hoffman down there at uh, Gibson. Well, it was, it, well it, I think it was Walmart. It was Walmart. He said, Brian, it's not enough of this stuff uh, in the whole country. It's a brand new drug. <laughs> so I ended up that I didn't look back. I had been, I, this job that I had, I said, I've enjoyed working with you all these years, but I'm going to see. So how long were you at scene? Where where did you go? I think I was about there 14 years. That's one of the things I should have calculated. Uh, I've been around the world seven times, you name it, I've been there. Wow. So South Africa, Ghana, Togo, Oman, Bahrain, Doha, Qatar, Rio de Janeiro, uh, cruising, snooping off the coast of North Korea. I'm glad I didn't end up like another, uh, like the Pueblo. Those mm -hmm. were the type of ships I was on. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you name it, I've been there. So um, when you're uh, on this, uh, this, this vessel that, that you're on, 
do you have time to stop and, and visit these places, or are you basically at sea the whole time? Or A uh, little bit of both. I mean, we had <clears throat> time to uh, visit, but for the my MOS, being the medical officer, medical services officer board, I was leery of having a good time or whatever. Sure. My responsibility was to ensure the, the safety the and the safety health of the, the crew, the scientists. Uh, We're going to take a quick station ID break. We'll be right back with you. Listening to Rice's here on KZSM, SMTX uh, in San Marcos, Texas. And just as a reminder, the views expressed on the show are those of the host, the guests, and not necessarily those of KZSM or SMTXCRA. We'll be right back with you. Jane, stop this crazy thing. You've been listening to my groove box. I'm Carlos, so this is Carlos's Groove Box on KZSM.org, Wednesdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, San Marcos, Texas. Y'all. Hey, San Martians, read any good books lately? Read any bad books lately? Any books you'll never forget? Any books you want to fling directly into the trash? Whatever you've been reading, or not reading, join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world. On the radio, this is the Sweet Honey Bear Blues on Tuesday at 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock. you got me giving you what you just didn't know you needed. Hi, this is Paul Wilson, host of Philosophy and Popular Music on KZSM.org, your true community radio in San Marcos, Texas. This is our second season of Philosophy and Popular Music, and we're on at a new day and time, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Sundays, right here on KZSM.org. Wow, that's been one take. That was impressive. Good morning. There we go. And we are back with you here in the studio, KCSM One Races. So of all the places that you've been as you've traveled, is there a particular country or a particular place or a particular uh, people that, that stick out in your mind? Yes. Uh... In terms of safety, being a safe place, draconian as it may seem to us as Americans, Singapore. Uh, I took a shipmate to the hospital and uh, he left his uh, medicine and wallet upon a return trip back to the ship. Uh, I had it returned to me in 30 minutes. Uh, one particular cruise I wasn't so very happy of and in spite of the way that I was being treated in South Africa, uh, uh, you know, the history of apartheid and all of this, the liaison, their naval liaison between any ship that comes to their ports, he's the go-between between their government and the ship. Well, coming up our gangway, a bee popped it. Now, he knew that he was allergic to bees, but he never carried uh, a little epi-pin. Epi-pin. Yeah. Never, never, never carried one. 
this time he did. So I treated him, and oh boy, uh, I had a uh, South African party. I'm, I have a couple of years on you, but if you remember those old uh, Tarzan movies where inside the home with the big frond, so I had a, 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 a barbecue. I've forgotten a Barbie inside a home and all this wonderful uh, uh, South African beer and I fell in love with uh, ostrich jerky and milkfish. He gave me two of the best wines, and it was that type of thing. So, you know, a lot of the white South Africans left when the uh, black majority took over the country. And I asked him, well, why didn't you leave? I mean, his sister and members of his family. And he looked me dead in the eye, came about, eight inches from me, from my face, and he said, because I am South African. And it was his facial countenance that reflected, in spite, this is my country, and I'm from hell or high water, I'm going to stay here and make it a better country. And I never shall forget that. I admired him for that, and I really enjoyed my time, thanks to him, uh, there in South Africa, the, the uh, in Singapore, uh, how shall I say? Uh, they made a big mistake. Now, this is one thing uh, when you get the big head. So the in the merchant marine, we don't refer to our captains as uh, uh, captains. They are really masters. So the master of my ship, we were going down the concourse, and uh, he went on down. They checked his bags, documents. So when I got there, he said, uh, 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 do you have any identification? And I gave him my uh, passport and uh, all my, my licenses, certification. He said, this isn't enough. I said, what do you mean it isn't enough? And, you know, and... How shall I say, if you're in a foreign country, how shall I say, do not act a fool. So he told me to go over there and sit down and then get out. So there I was in Singapore, stranded, and being told to get out of the terminal. Uh, this cab driver, I told him there were about three, uh, uh, three ports terminals with the same name. In other words take me back to San Marcos, and then there are three towns known for San Marcos. So we rode around Singapore for three and a half hours and then finally went to the right port to where I could board my ship. And the master of my ship said, you know, what are you doing here? I said, well, uh, the immigration told me to come back. And I was serious. You know, this master of my ship went down the concourse thinking I was right behind him. Well, it was uh, an issue with immigration. In other words, you had to have a special letter. And I didn't have that letter. None of my shipmates did, so it was a glitch on the husbandry agents who was supposed to shepherd us in the country and out. It was their fault. Well, anyway, here was a plane that was delayed two hours because there was somebody's luggage on that plane and that individual wasn't on that plane. So this plane flew from Singapore to uh, 
uh, Taiwan. That was a stop before coming all the way over. And they found the luggage and then brought it back. But they had, they wasted those two hours tr trying to find out, you know, what's going on. You know, is this, the, this person isn't on this plane. Within this luggage, is there some, a bomb or something or whatever? So I had uh, three and a half days all expenses paid at a hotel. Uh, boy, did I live it up. <laughs> three and a half days uh, all expenses paid. I learned about uh, the breakfasts of different countries. New Zealanders like cheese on top of tomatoes. They call ham hocks, trotters. Well, all expensive paid, and, uh, you know, I learned those things. So uh, so finally it was, it, it was uh, rectified, and they, uh, 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 right next door to this hotel was the Fujiyama Hotel. So I would just, to break the monotony, would go across the street to the, uh, the, this shopping center, strip mall, and this gentleman walked up to me. You know, he had a business there. He sold luggage. And, I mean, it was a regular store. And uh, he approached me and he said, where from? Uh, I said, Texas. 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 And, I mean, he just, his, he literally closed his store. He literally closed the store, pulled up a seat. And there he asked me everything I could tell him about Texas. And this is when Dr. Uh, Bill Longs, I had a field biology course from. I told him everything about the biomes of Texas, the coastline, the, the animals and whatever, and he just was enthralled that he was meeting somebody from Texas. And so that, uh, I was appreciative of that encounter, but it was, it was Singapore. The food, other than that incident, the people, you felt safe there. Uh, and again, with South Africa, the idea that this gentleman was, for love of country, he's going to stay in whatever comes down to fight it out. Um, as we get ready to go into our next segment, um, I, I, this is a segment that I really uh, have a lot of interest in. And when I was talking to you, I had asked you about what it was that made you run for our school board. And so you, t tell me a little bit about uh, the background of, of uh, the story of how you decided to run for our school board. Uh, I work nights. Therefore, when uh, morning ro rolled around, I could take my son to swimming lessons. And in doing so, this lady, uh, a teacher in our school district, uh, happened to be a Hispanic teacher, could bring her daughter. So as our children were learning how to swim, you know, we just chit-chat or whatever. So one day, this wonderful lady said, I want to show you something. And in the Gifted and Talented program in San Marcos, Texas, it was 100% white. Now... And in what year was this? Uh, like in the 80s? I'm, Joan and I were trying to figure it out. It was probably 96, I believe. Oh, 96. I th I'm thinking. Uh, I had to get all my records and files, and I still couldn't get that contract. Well, anyway, uh, so it was 
in a school district that was 63 to 68%. And I said, uh, this can't be. And I was so uh, incensed by what I was looking at, uh, I went home and sulked and whatever. So when I went back to work, I even called the superintendent who took my call. He said, yeah, that's, that's right. I said, are you? Are you uh, and who, who was the superintendent? Uh, Hector Montenegro. Oh, Montenegro. And uh, he said, well, uh, we can work on it. That wasn't good enough. And I decided, you know, I'm going to run for school board. This, whatever, because I thought that was so unfair. And now that I think about it, in, in doing, uh, it's, it, there was a history there. This wasn't my life. My late brother uh, housed the original Dirty 30 in East Austin to thwart them having a quorum mm-hmm. to pass bills. My late brother was very politically inclined. He attended Baylor and knew all the politicos up there and whatever, and uh, that was Bill Swartz, Doggett was there, and others, but to thwart having a quorum, they were all over in East Austin in his apartment. So the Texas Rangers wouldn't think that here's a dashiki-wearing, long-haired guy with an afro would have members of the Texas state representatives in his apartment. So uh, there was a history there. When I first moved to San Marcos, in our almost daily record, there appeared uh, a group of individuals that were having a slave auction. And everybody was smiling, and I just couldn't believe that. Long story short, uh, Senator Lloyd Benson, a United States senator, sent to my home his personal representative to ensure that we don't have slave auctions in high schools in the 50 states and territories of the United States of America. That United States senator sent to my home. I had forgotten all about that when I got into this deal with the statistic that I was looking at. I ran on that, and I received a ground swell of support and won. You you almost think, uh, you know, kids... um Maybe they the the parents don't teach them these things about, but you have to wonder about the adults that that are overseeing this. How can they think that something like this in this day and time is is okay? Uh, it's disheartening because the arc of the pendulum is going back the other way. My great granddaughter and my daughter, my great granddaughter and my granddaughter have less rights as as women in this country than their own mothers. See, we're, we're dealing with voter suppression. It's blatant. It's clear. It's there. And this is the stuff that, what, in the 60s. I mean, I, it was just a, just, I was trying to look at uh, Quick Draw McGrown TV, and, you know, here's Medgar Evers being shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, I thought all this kind of stuff was settled. It's not settled. Mm-hmm. It's going back the other way. And earlier we were talking about Herschel. When you think of our society, I, I, I remain a registered nurse for 47 years. So here's a man who's the president of the United States talking about grabbing the coochie of women. And I sit there and I say, dear God, I wish you could have worked with some of the women 
who I worked with, and you would have tried to grab their coochie. <laughs> All right? See? Um, so uh, it makes me wonder about our society when we accept that, that kind of talk, you know, before. That, that really wasn't something that you talked about publicly like that, but it you seems like that's right. in our vernacular now, too. Yes. So I, I, I don't know. How, how do you change that? I don't know if I want to change it because it's, it's a far-gone conclusion. That's just not me, and I think it's to the, really to the detriment of our country. But, but just as I was defeated in an, a, for re-election of the school board when I asked my board to write a letter to the Hayes Consolidated Independent School District to refrain from uh, exhibiting the, the, the battle flag of Northern Virginia, you know, then I was dropped like a hot potato. That was something as this discrepancy of denying a black and brown kid to participate in the gifted and talented program. Now you're going to say that to display this flag for UIL sanctioned activities was all right. Same thing. Mm -hmm. See, but you know, it's political. It's this, we're one of many. Anybody wants to change that. So now, these people that are going the street, that's where we are. So you have to make that decision. Are you going to what? Go there to make a, a change for that. For me, it was one of spontaneity. I didn't think twice. Mm -hmm. You know, I had, what, two homes here, five cars, and I'm sitting here going to pay a school district uh, to, with the gifted and talented pro program. Do the math. Mm -hmm. 63 to 68%. But then, on the other hand, it was all right. They tolerated the members of the of the school board. That thought that was fine. It was all right. That, not me as a citizen. And you're listening to KCSM. Uh, Rice is here on KCSM.org, True Community Radio. We're going to be right back with you. Roots and branches comes to you every Mike's Sunday at 2 p.m. here on KCSM.org. I'm your host, Tony Wilson, and for two hours, I play music from Texas and beyond. So join me for a trip through the amazing world of music on the Roots and Branches, kzsm.org, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Log on and listen. It's just that easy. Ladies and gentlemen, y toda mi gente, my name is Josh, also known as DJ Alpha in the mix, and I am the host of the Latin Energy Show on KZSM San Marcos. I'm inviting everyone to tune in every Thursday evening and join the Latin Energy Party. Here on KZSM.org, we are all about community support. So tune in online or download the KZSM app on your mobile device. Shout outs and requests, make sure to follow and tag us on Facebook at Latin Energy Show KZSM. Tu sabes. Please join La Sociedad Mutualista Coatemoc on Saturday, July 1st, as we celebrate our 81-year anniversary with a reception from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. to be followed by a dance from 8 p.m. to midnight. Music will be provided by DJ Cowboy Loco, and live music will be provided by La Distancia. Admission is $10 at the door. Coatemoc Hall is located at 1100 Patton Street. For more information, please call or text 512-775-9002 or email us at sociedadguahuatemoc at gmail.com. Esos ojitos negros 
back with you here talking about the stories, uh, past, present, and future here on Riasis with Kathy Lahr and uh, Mr. Bryant. And uh, back to the show here. I want to continue the conversation about the gifted and talented program and, and the statistic that you threw out there. And um, I'm, I'm really happy because you brought in some, some uh, photographs. And in uh, one of the photographs that you have here, uh, I'm looking at the makeup of the um, school board when you were on school board. And, you know, I see that uh, Hector Montenegro was the uh, superintendent at the time. And I see uh, Ruben Garza and mm -hmm. I see Michael Vialpando and I mm -hmm. see um, Ruben oh, Garza uh, uh, and uh, Mr. Shu, David uh -huh. Shu was a member of the school board and uh, Lupana mm -hmm. Cosia. And um, so we've got Hispanic representation on the board. So it's not like the um, Hispanics on the board can look at this number and say, we have an issue at the mm -hmm. gifted and talented program. Mm -hmm. um, so when you brought this up, you know, you, you, you've won your election now, you're, you're bringing it up. What kind of, um, I mean, was there, um, did you have any kind of, was there like a wall put up and was it something they didn't want to discuss with you as far as the gifted and talented program was, or what kind of feedback did you get from, from, from the elected uh, officials? I, uh, support. I mean, everybody, it had been there, but in my mind, this is something you should have seen. I mean, I'm just uh, a working guy, two jobs and, you know, the whole a scout troop and the, the, the whole bit. But I, I received support. Everybody and their mother got on the bandwagon. So do you know this teacher that talked to you about this? Has she spoken to, to these board members about this issue? I I'd never... Uh, uh, She's a wonderful person. Uh, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But we were just, you know, just chit-chatting, sitting on the bench, and she just said, I want to show you something. And, I, and for me, it, I just went ballistic. Uh, you, got, you have to be kidding me. You know, that, that was just insane. And I never uh, envisioned me even running for a political office. I mean, I was class president in high school, but th this just wasn't my bag as I related to you about my late brother. I mean, he was a political operative. I mean, he was the whole bit, you know. I mean, that was his, his deal. And so now, now you're on school board and, and you've got um, some help from a lot of the members. What uh, changes did you implement? What were the things that you looked at that you can sit here and say, yeah, I was part of that and I'm so glad that I was able to, to bring that to the forefront or make a change? Well, let's see. I spent my own money. I traveled all over the state of Texas, and I'm talking about going to El Paso. Uh, things that were just fleetingly mentioned, well, this is a open classroom. Well, I uh, flew to a uh, place, I don't know if it was Dallas or wherever, to see an open classroom. But it wasn't an open classroom that was being presented to the San Marcos Consolidated Independent School District. It wasn't. So... I had more training hours than any other freshman school board member in the state of Texas. I would go to meetings and they would say, what are you doing here? Well, they wouldn't throw me out. So I received training hours galore. I did not miss one school board meeting. See, one of the gentlemen that I subsequently ran, there was an issue of, attendance, uh, whatever, and other substance abuse issues. But I valued my 
tenure on the school board, much more than that. I attended every meeting. I used my own money to go to various conventions and what I didn't ask for a dime and brought them back to present to our board. Now, some of the things that you, uh, in one convention, the, the, the demographic study of establishing boundaries within the district. You have so many kids over here, uh, you take into consideration projected uh, population increase and that type of thing. There are entities that uh, do those type of things. The, I went to a convention and I met with these type of people knowing that we were going to do a little bit of redistricting. I selected one of those uh, groups, brought them back to the board, it was accepted. That group at that time was responsible for allocating, uh, presenting a whole picture where this school should be built. This is the projected rate of growth, taking into consideration the, uh, the, uh, the ethnicities that would be involved, the whole nine yards. And, I, and that was the one that I brought to the committee. Um, at that time, we were having uh, the dropout rate was horrendous, and it occurred uh, with the ninth graders. I supported a ninth grade academy. I, I don't, I'm curious to know what that dropout rate is now. I guess I could find it if I really started digging, but we established a ninth grade academy where that was an autonomous unit and the dropout rate went down tremendously. Well, right around that time, too, were, was not the school district having tr uh, trouble with the, the young girls, the uh, first-time moms, the uh, uh, high pregnancy rate in the district? Yes, we had a Phoenix program, and uh, I was on the board, and that was, everybody supported that program. I made something in a meeting that was, I've forgotten what I said, but I mean the principals literally jumped out of their seats because, I don't know, I can't think of exactly what it was, but that program was supported. It was the alternative Phoenix program and whatever. I think one gentleman that was on a subcommittee prior to I got there, he wasn't so much in favor of that program. But yes, that was, that was one of the things. And see, we had a valedictorian uh, because I think because she wore hair, she was in the alternative program. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, thanks be to God, I mean, I, I'm not so much, uh, how should I say, happy about some of the, the uh, pronouncements of the Fifth Circuit, mm -hmm. uh, but they supported school districts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you have a photo here with uh, Carolyn Keaton Rylander. Tell me a little bit about this photo. Uh, this lovely lady, we uh, conversed on a couple of things. And uh, it's when you're on a school board, remember, you get a, a chance to meet a lot of people. You know, they, uh, uh, people that could help the district. And I didn't mind being a, be a beggar, if you will. You know, I'm, my name is James Bryant Jr. Do you have a few minutes you can talk to me or whatever? So like in going to conventions or whatever, uh, I forgot what, when I met her, but uh, I wanted to go to the horse's mouth. If there were issues that were brought before uh, that the citizens of San Marcos were concerned about with their children or whatever, I wanted to go to the horse's mouth and seek those people out who had the definitive answers and conclusions 
and it was going to impact them. So now you asked about some of the things I had to think. Uh, when I say I never missed a meeting, I had a, a very serious wreck. I was taking my uh, son to a, a Texas A&M in Gallus, and they were, it was a, uh, a program for uh, students in Galveston, and we had a wreck on the causeway. I paid, at that time, almost $300 for a taxi to bring me back to San Marcos so I wouldn't miss a meeting. That's dedication. Yes, it is. And then, regrettably, uh, things, the agenda, agenda sequence were cha- was changed such mm-hmm. that things they knew how I would vote were moved mm-hmm. And I wasn't so happy with that. Uh, one child, help one child to succeed. I would get off of work, uh, come over to the uh, high school, and tutor a young lady in math. And it, it was a program where one person with one student to help that student succeed. I don't take credit for it, but I wasn't going to sit on the dais and make all these pronouncements and have all these programs and not believe in them and my myself. So I was able to help this young lady uh, get a passing grade, you know, in, in her math and whatever. So I, the idea of driving, I'd be tired as all get out. It was I worked in the ER. I, sometimes I'd have blood and puke all on me, but uh, she passed the course. Uh, those were uh, some of the things uh, th- that I think I had a profound impact. I mean, they were the usual. You know, when you're on the school board, the superintendent runs the school. It's like a clock. The actual running and whatever of the, of the school system is done by the superintendent. I don't know what it is now. It may have changed. But the school board is to hire and fire a superintendent and pass a budget. And I, I think we're, we're almost running out of time. But I had told Rob, I said, I know that we're going to have to have him back for another show because he just has so much information. And um, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And I do want to invite you back because, you know, I'm sure that you probably have and are still keeping up with a lot of things that are going on at the, at the district. And I know we have this whole thing about recapture right now, which mm-hmm. Rob and I, we talk a lot about. And so, um, but anyway, I want to have you back. I really do. Um, I'll get back with you and we'll set a date to have okay. you come back because we didn't even get to talk about this lovely branding iron that you right. you, you brought with you. But we'll we'll talk about that at, at, at our next show. Okay. So I want to thank you for coming. And Rob, we'll go ahead and... Thank you, Juan. Uh, I really appreciate your, your patience immensely. And... Uh, uh, thank you very much. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in tonight, Mr. Bryant. And, and uh, uh, we want to wish everyone a, a safe and happy 4th of July. And uh, we'll have a hiatus for two weeks. And our next show when we're back on is going to be Tom's Texaco. So we look forward to talking to you guys then. And you've been listening to Rice here on kcsm.org and uh, stay tuned we're going to have the second half of revolving door here for you in just a minute thank you for tuning in and uh true community radio here in san marcus texas